Welcome once again to Center Left Radio, the progressive voice of hope, politics, and jazz. My name is Richard Gazer, and as always, I am pleased and I'm honored to be your host and your commentator for another of our commentary shows. One of the shows that we have up online 24 7 here at www.centerlefttalkradio, one word, centerlefttalkradio.com. We are still running our radio loop and will be for, uh, I'm, I'm going to say, uh, at least a few weeks into the beginning of 2024, uh, which we're very close to beginning. It is today, the, uh, it is Friday the 29th of December of 2023. We're, we're about to put a bow on 2023, uh, put it into the files, and, uh, and get ready for uh, what is promising to be, what is, what is promised for a very long time now, to be a rather uh, momentous, a, a rather consequential, and amazingly, and, and unusually, a singularly consequential year in the history of the American Republic. I mean, I mean, we we have we have built up uh, the the lead up to the presidential election of 2024 in a way that a uh, few things in my lifetime have ever been uh, previewed, built up, uh, con conceived of, uh, discussed, thought about, uh, bantered back and forth, worried over, gloated over, uh, name it. There's just no limit to what we've done or what we are doing in anticipation of the presidential election of 2024. And, and, and if you're into it on a day-by-day -day basis, as uh, honestly uh, I am and, and many others, if, if, if you're going to do commentary on uh, this election, if you're going to do commentary about Donald, if you're going to do commentary about America and, and, and how we are dealing with this process, well, you, you, you got to keep up with it. And that also means that the media sources on all sides of the issue, there's very little in the way of neutrality. I, I, would, I would still consider uh, PBS and to some extent uh, National Public Radio reasonably uh, neutral about a lot of stuff that's out there. But even if you're being, but part of neutrality is objectivity. And if you're going to be objective, it's all but impossible not, when speaking of Donald, to not mention the fact, or at least to have factored into your comments the fact that he is objectively accused of, at least, incredibly accused of being an insurrectionist. You, you, you can't say he didn't do it and he's absolutely uh, not guilty of this. You can say he's innocent until proven guilty in a court of law, but you can then then you must report on the various uh, statements made by courts. So far, at least one federal court 
I believe in the 11th Circuit, 9th Circuit, 11th Circuit, has already declared the probability of his guilt for purposes of uh, convicting him eventually of being an insurrectionist. Several federal judges, among them Judge Chutkin, have made rulings based on the factual matter before them that would suggest the likelihood of, of the proof uh, being uh, accepted ultimately by a jury or the convincing nature of the material put before these judges relative to Donald's guilt. In, in other words, it, it's hard, it's hard not to draw conclusions about Donald and what he has done, if you can, if, 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 and, and, and this, is, this is the rub, if you can bring yourself to basically read through, to, to focus on the, the documentation, and I'm talking about the 91 counts, that had been spelled out against him. If you can recall what happened during the January, the congressional hearings of the January 6th committee, if you can actually allow yourself to just remember what you saw on TV on the day of January 6th, 2020, uh, 2021, if you can, if you can just, just allow all of those facts in, to your psyche, then drawing anything but what will be an obvious, what would be an obvious conclusion to a truly neutral observer would become your conclusion. And yet, you know, we, we, we are, here we are on the, on the 20, at the closing out of 2023, on the 29th of, of, of December, uh, and, and there is what we are getting in the media day by day by day, again, if you follow this in any, in any way, are these back and this, this emotional ping pong match between, well, it looks as though Donald may actually pull this one out versus, oh no, it looks as though he's going to go in the other direction. Yes, he's doing great. Yes, he's going to crash and burn. Yes, he's up. Yes, he's down. You're, you get stories all over the damn lot on any given day relative to Donald. And depending on which side of the Donald issue you're on, basically, depending on whether you're for Donald or America, depending on where you're at, you know, you, you, you are reacting. There's an, there's an emotional, emotional strings are being tugged, depending on, on what your preferred silo of information is for political and other purposes. Are you an MSNBC watcher? Or are you a One America News? Do you, do you basically try to only watch PBS? Where are you getting your, where are you getting your information from? How, how are you feeding yourself your daily political fix? It's, it's an incredibly difficult thing. And, and, and even within any one media source, within, within one bent, 
of information within one within one sphere of reference within one orientation things change from day to day you're up you're down you are dragged up on all, you're you're all over the place emotionally depending on the tenor of the information that's coming out on that day Oh, it looks like he, ah, oh, he's getting away with it again. They're, they're going to delay this. They're going to try to delay that. They're going to, and ah, oh, his, his, his team, blah, blah, blah. But the next day, ah, but the judges said that they, they're not going to put up with this. And it's up and down and up and down. And where are we? We are 10 solid, 10, more than 10 months away from a presidential election. I, I, I've said this on any number of occasions in, in the past several months, possibly years at this point. Never in, in my lifetime, and I've been around a while now, never in my lifetime have I seen a presidential campaign fought from day one of the prior campaign. In fact, in fact, this this can, this 2024 campaign, arguably, very literally, and arguably, has been fought from before the inauguration of Joe Biden in January of 2021. This has never ever ended. And as we, as we come to the end of 2023, as, as America's emotions are constantly being toyed with and played with, well, you, you would think to some extent there, there, there might be an exhaustion factor that, that would have kicked in by now, no? No, no not, not, not where Donald is concerned, no. Oh, no, 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 no. Quite the opposite. Donald has proven his capacity to keep our attention in ways that, that no one has ever, no, no candidate in, that I'm aware of has ever, ever done before, and, and, and done it tirelessly. Keep the story on him. Keep it going. It is a, it is a compulsion driven by, uh, melded with a skill set, melded with a passion, melded with an untiring uh, capacity for prevarication, lying, outright lying, and entertaining all mixed together with the result, with the result that at least according to the polls, he is the the wildly upfront front runner for the Republican nomination. And depending on the day of the week and depending on the media source or the polling source, he might even have the ability to take out Joe Biden and it's going to be blah, 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 blah. And you, can you believe it? And here's what will happen if we have another a Trump administration and on and on and on and on. And it's every day... Every day, this same story, this same interplay of what if, who if, what would happen if, and oh my God, what's he doing, and oh my God, look what's... And, and, and the thing that, that no one 
well, no one media source ever allows is a, 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 is a more encompassing picture of where we are at right now and where we can get to from where we're at. It is always a second-by-second, frame-by-frame, snapshot-by-snapshot of what's there and getting, and getting everybody's bile raised about what is happening at that given moment. Okay, we're, we're at the end of, of, of 2023. Here... And, and you, you, can, you can listen to me. You can accept what I'm about to tell you. You could take it or leave it however you want to do it. But I'm telling you, with everything that I've observed and everything that I know, this is the truth, okay? As I speak to you on the 29th of December in 2023, as I, re, as I record this show for however many days it'll be running, I, I think we'll run this for close to a week. I, I'm not sure that we're gonna do a Tuesday show next Tuesday, uh, but this'll be up for a while. So, so, so listen, maybe you'll hear it once or twice, depending on how often you wanna listen to it. As we speak on the 29th of December in 2023, Donald Trump is in as good a position as he will ever be. Donald Trump has nowhere to go but down from here. On the other hand, Joe Biden is in as bad a position as he will ever be. Joe Biden has nowhere to go but up from where he is. Donald's trajectory is downward from here. Joe Biden's trajectory is upward. How and why do I say that? Because Donald and his, whoever his handlers, advisors, lawyers are, at this point, understand that what keeps his audience with him is this perpetual act of defiance, strength, inability to be touched, his Teflon-ness, if you will. His ability to basically take all of the accusations thrown at him and still be out there doing everything and puffing out his chest and continuing the same lies over and over. But he has no legal defenses, no factual defenses except to yell and scream, I didn't do it against anything that's out there, anything in the 91 counts against him. It's his volume, it's his rhetoric, it's his yelling, it's his screaming, it's his I'm not, they haven't put me in jail yet, essentially, versus reality. That's what Donald has going for him right now. And it's the best it will ever be. Joe, on the other hand, Joe Biden, is taking hits for Israel. He is taking hits 
for uh, the uh, for the immigration situation. He is basically taking hits for being the president in a difficult time. He is taking hits every time the media goes after Hunter. He is taking hits every time there's a question about whether or not uh, uh, really, oh yeah, you say the economy's better, but you know what happens when you go into a grocery store? He's taking hits for all of that. But he's taking those hits ten and a half months out from the election of 2024. I, ten and a half months from election from an election is what otherwise is known as a political eternity. And during those ten and a half months, the situation in Israel will somehow change. It will stabilize. Somehow things in, 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 in uh, I imagine, in Ukraine, things will begin to work out. The, the, uh, the impeachment inquiry will fizzle simply because we know there's nothing there and the Republicans know there's nothing there. Now, it, it's, 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 being, it's being set up knowing that there are going to be slightly more real problems about content of action that'll be coming Donald's way during this period, but there is still obviously no there there. Never has been. Everyone knows there isn't. The stuff that Joe is having to deal with will continue to evolve and resolve itself, however that happens. But Donald, and, and it will be the acts of a guy who basically has been dealing with stuff his whole life. It will be the act of a guy or the actions of a guy who will have a far more supportive uh, campaign team around him presenting him in a better and better and more positive light as time goes on. It will be a, a guy who has won the last campaign against the guy who's attempting to attack him now. It will be a guy who beat beat Trump by nearly 8 million votes, and Trump has been lying about it ever since. Joe Biden has time and reality on his side. There will be an evolution which will in all likelihood, I'll never say 100%, but the strong, strong, strong likelihood is that the evolution in the American political sphere will favor Joe simply by the nature of what happens when you're ten and a half months out from an election and your numbers are pretty damn low and you're going against a total asshole on the other side who has one thing and one thing only going for him, his mouth. His capacity to continually prevaricate. Now, I, 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 I want you to remember John Gotti. Think, think of, especially people who were in the New York area, let's say 30 years ago, 40 years ago. Oh, geez, we're going back a ways now. But John Gotti became known as 
the Teflon Don. And, 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 and what you heard about him were that, that the FBI was looking at him and all kinds of law enforcement was after him. And no matter what, every time they'd try to get him, well, he, was, he, was, he got off on this one and, and he was able to get away with this one and they got him in, but he was not guilty and they declared this and they declared, the guy couldn't be touched. But eventually... He was touched. And they got him in court, and they he was convicted by a jury of his peers. And it's, it's hard, it's hard to, to, to bring up just how strong this feeling was at the time. I remember this so clearly. I remember this so clearly, especially being here in New York. That, that this guy could just run amok, basically run over the authorities. No one could touch him. No one understood how to really get this guy. He, he was the quintessential. He was really the, the last of the great mafia dons. He, he was the last of the godfather types. And, I, and, and this period of time with it, he, when, when he was going through the end stages of his predominance, was close enough to the whole Godfather series so that it really, it really resonated with a lot of people watching, watching him do this. And once he was convicted, once the conviction came down, once the huge headlines were there, Gotti convicted, that sent a shockwave through the media, through any, anyone who was a, a supporter of his, anyone who thought he couldn't be touched, anyone, all the, all the local people out in Queens where he was, he would throw these incredible Fourth of July parties. He, would, he was so generous to everybody. He gave money to the church. He was a, people believed in this guy. No matter what he did or objectively imagined he might. They wanted to believe in him and he knew how to give them something to believe in. And if I might draw a comparison to Donald here, Donald is John Gotti for purposes of public relations and he is John Gotti on steroids. And the reality is that the substance of what Donald is basically pushing out to his followers, the stuff that they have to consume every day and have to swallow and digest and basically incorporate into their emotions and their psyche every day is far more outrageous and far more objectively ridiculous than anything that John Gotti ever had to try to convince people of. Now, with, with Gotti, it, it, it was the image of basically, uh, you know, we, we have this love affair with the bad boys. And, 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 and he, the, dop, the dapper Dan, the, the out there Teflon Don, whatever you wanted to call him then, his ability to basically look and seem and, and be so, and so, so cavalier in the face of anyone coming after him, and, 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 and yet we kind of knew what was going on on the other side. 
well, but you still wanted to be a fan. And this is exactly, precisely, 1,000% exactly the way it works with Trump and his fans. Everybody knows what's really going on on the other side. Everyone knows what's behind the curtain. Everybody knows who the real Donald is behind the curtain. He's a crook. He's a lowlife. He's a piece of scum. He doesn't deserve to even look at the Capitol, much less be, be, the, be the chief executive of the United States. The man is a crook every inch of the way. Has it been proved in a court of law? No. Has it already been? Have, have rulings been made that basically presume that he is a crook? Yes, like I say, in California, in the Ninth Circuit, there was a judge that allowed a motion to go forward based on the assumption that Donald was a crook, that he had done, the, he had led the insurrection. You know, the one we all watched on TV. You know, the one that Ron Johnson basically is saying, well, no, I want to blank out people's faces so the FBI can't go after them. I mean, th th this, is, this, is, this is ridiculous. But this is the game. This is the fantasy that everybody has bought into. Now, now, the big difference between Gotti and Trump is that in Trump's situation, the end goal of Trump is to take over the United States. Again, you can't be for Donald and America. You have to be for one or the other. Being for Donald means you have to forsake the governmental systems, the constitutional protections, the norms, everything that we count on to make the country function in a relatively reasonably predictable way, in a structural way, in a way that is ultimately fair, at least an attempt to be fair to the people in this country. Everything that we depend on on that is the antithesis of what Donald stands for. He has already said, if he gets in a second time, it's going to be a revenge tour. It's going to be vindication. It's going to be revenge against... He's already got the list of the people he's going to arrest. He's going to get... Well, now, maybe that's part of what his base wants to hear. Yeah, Donald, we love you. And maybe he knows that it wouldn't be a... might not be the best idea to actually try to act that out, but... Maybe it is in his mind. Who knows? When someone tells you who they are, believe them. The old Maya Angelou quote. Donald basically is saying, I'm a crook. And I'm going to go out and I'm going to destroy the Constitution. I'm going to get my enemies. Okay, let's believe him that he will. But remember, all he's got going for him, everything he's got, and he's at the peak of his strength right now, is the willingness of people to go along with the ruse, with the lie, because it gives them whatever it gives them. It gives them the possibility of, of political power if they're attached to him. It gives them the ability to let their emotional angst out if basically he is the sublimation agent of everything that they're thinking and feeling, all of their horrible thoughts. Donald will let me be angry and he will get it out and I've been wronged and he's been wronged and no I, I can't give that up I'm, I, I know I believe him I be that 
is what he's got. And again, in a lesser, in a lesser sphere, but a totally, a totally analogous situation, John Gotti basically had this, this mystique about him that people really, really had a great time with. It was fun. It was great to be a fan. We've always, like I said, we've always had this fascination with bad boys, people uh, who, who basically are fighting the system. Don, of course, uh, Gotti, uh, John, basically was, I didn't do anything, I'm perfectly clear, blah, blah, blah. It's all a, a lot of crap and everything, and they can't touch me. Until, until the big headline said, Gotti convicted. Gotti convicted. Close your eyes. Look at the headlines of the, I don't know if you, if you still read papers. Look at whatever headline from whatever social media source you receive. Look at the, what it, imagine what it will look like the day when it reads, imagine how it looks. Look at the print. Look at the, look at the typeface. Look at the size. Look at the point size. Trump convicted. See it again in your mind. Trump convicted. What happens? What happens to people? What happens to his most fervent followers once that's out there? And, and with the conviction, of course, shortly thereafter will come the sentencing and very possibly, very possibly, the incarceration. There'll be it. You can't. You appeal your incarceration in either federal or state court. You appeal your incarceration from your incarceration. In other words, I no, Your Honor, I'm I'm, I'm going to appeal this. I have no. You have no right. Blah 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 blah. That is appealed from your prison cell. Your 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 lawyers are doing that from a prison cell. Why is Donald and company fighting like hell to move this trial outside of the boundaries of the election in November of 2024? Because he, the guy who understands media, who understands public reaction better than anyone else in the world, knows better than anyone else in the world that his only only chance of avoiding the rest of his life being in a prison cell is if he can keep any of his criminal convictions from taking place before the election in 2024. If any one of his criminal convictions comes to fruition, if he is found guilty before the election, any point before the election, everything, everything instantly changes. The air changes. The reality changes. It's no longer my word versus your word. It's no longer, it's no longer basically, now nah, they're lying. No, it's no, they, they took it away. They stole the, they, I, it is suddenly a jury of his peers looking at him and saying, you did it. You are a criminal. You are convicted. And then it's a judge passing sentence. And that too, 
is this part of the American uh, entertainment, the, this, the entertainment, or it's, it's what we expect ends, comes at the end of the fantasy about someone like a Donald or like a John Gotti. There is always at some point, oh, God, they finally got him. To so those who are his fans, they got him. But then, then there's the waiting for the next, the next Robin Hood, you know, the, 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 the uh, distaff Robin Hood to sort of show up. The Robin Hood from hell has to show up again. There'll be another. And people will be talking about it in Republican, sir. Ah, you know, there was a time. Yes, yes, Virginia, there was a Donald Trump. Now, this is assuming that history kind of goes the way it has. There's no reason to assume it won't. Because so many people are going to be so dropped. Now remember, with Donald going down, so will Mark Meadows, so will Rudy Giuliani, so will all the people around him. And those shoes will be dropping most likely before Donald's does. All of this is going to be happening in the weeks and months ahead. It looks right now that, that Jack Smith's first trial, uh, forget about Mar-a-Lago for the moment because you have a Trump appointee judge there, what's her name, uh, that, who basically looks like she's more than willing to drag her feet. But the Mar-a-Lago trial, uh, the, the, I'm sorry, the, the, uh, the, the January 6th trial, the one that will be taking place in the District of Columbia, Federal Court District of Columbia. Looks like that's going to come down. It's going to start sometime in March. And the timing of that trial and all of the different motions, everything that could be done, all of the delay tactics, it's Jack Smith is brilliantly forcing everybody's hand now. And all of this stuff will, and, and the whether or not uh, the presidential immunity being declared by the Supreme Court and, and uh, all these other, and whether or not Donald can actually be on the ballot, all of these things will be gone, gone before we even begin the March trial that Donald will be undergoing for purposes of the uh, January 6th insurrection. That's the biggie with only four counts, four major counts in it, that's it. Not, not, not the, the Mar-a-Lago, not, the, not the, uh, the Georgia case. No, 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 no. Four major counts, and his attorneys know they don't have a leg to stand on. There's nothing there. All the substantive motions in court basically are nothing. There's nothing there. Anyone observing this realizes it's total bullshit. There's nothing there. You know, I, I, I actually saw another fascinating piece that came through on one of the services that I have here. One of the, uh, one of the uh, uh, I think this might have been out of AOL, but oh, fascinating. <laughs> It, it, it almost seemed as though um, someone may have realized that we might have been uh, that we might have been putting out too many positive stories for the sake of people who are rational relative to Donald. Uh, that that the reality of what's coming up might be too strong. So the storyline was there is the ch I forget how the wording was in the headline. Chance that jurors will will set Trump free even knowing he is guilty. What? Yeah, somebody came up with a story 
just for the sake of, of, of just keeping the bile and the, and the fear and the, and the anxiety and the angst going, that, hey, you know there's a chance, you never know, that a jury might still go ahead. Now, they did that, and I, they, I, I didn't read this particular article. They may have used one of the earlier Gotti trials. John Gotti got off once. But, but you see, this is, this is a different world. And once you basically take away the protection that Trump would otherwise have, which has already been taken away countless times by the courts, even the Supreme Court has ruled on the, the presidential immunity aspect, refused to rule on it before. Once this is taken away, and legally there ain't a leg to stand on, there is no presidential immunity for criminal acts, and there is nothing that prevents the president from being prosecuted for criminal acts once they're out. The difference here, of course, is that everything being done by Donald is a first of its kind, because we've never had a president President, this this biggest scumbag president has never existed in the country in the country before. This is another part of the psychology of Republicans saying, "Well, we voted this guy in. He can't be as bad as he looks. Otherwise, how could we have voted for him?" So we we have to sort of rehabilitate this guy on the fly until the headline, and the headline is coming. And it's coming before the election. Tim Heafy, who was, uh, uh, who was the, um, uh, the counsel to the January 6th committee, uh, the congressional committee, the, that, the brilliant committee that put all that information together, so much of which Jack Smith is, I'm sure, relied on, and we haven't the foggiest idea how much more he's got. Uh, I, think his counsel, I think Trump's counsel... Is, is the reason they're pushing so hard for all the delays is they know what Jack Smith has. They have to, to, to a large extent, simply because by, by, by exchange of data. This is part of our system, our court system. They don't dare say what Jack has simply because, well, it would be the most prejudicial stuff. It would be d just deadly for Donald, so they can't even bring it up. So all they can do is keep delaying, 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 delaying. But Tim Heafy made this point, I think it was yesterday or the day before. He said the same thing that kind of meant what I'm saying today. The moment that Trump guilty basically shows up, the second that headline shows up there, it all instantly falls apart. And this is what Trump knows. His only way out is to wait is to basically wait out the clock somehow imagine somehow manage to get elected even if he doesn't he'll yell and scream that's two elections they've robbed from me keep that going as long as he can assuming that he doesn't get elected and and keep that going and say no i have the right i hereby declare myself criminally free of everything even as he's sitting outside the white house uh, even as he's not allowed in even as he doesn't go to this you know even as he doesn't go to this uh, uh, inauguration either and swearing that he is the real pre on, and at least trying to keep that going somehow keep the case going where the reality is the reality is there will be a conviction before the election of 2024 
Donald will be found guilty. Donald will be sentenced. Donald will in all likelihood be in jail. Donald would have to if by some miracle he were able to actually win the election. He would actually have to get the permission of the warden to leave prison to go and basically get sworn in as president, at which point he would free himself from prison by an instantaneous presidential pardon. Think of the insanity of that scenario. Well, I'm sure there are Trump fans who do. I mean, it's so damned wild and so damned in your face that I'm sure it's out there as well. But, but that's, that's part of the fantasy of the moment. The reality. Again, back to where we started. Trump is in the best position he will ever be. And that position includes 91 criminal counts against him. At least one or probably two criminal trials that will take place before the election, the probability, the highest possible probability, that he will be convicted on some counts, all of which include enough jail time to keep him in jail for the rest of his life. And that he will be sentenced and very likely will be in prison before the election of 2024. That is, and that is, that is what the best possible position means if you're Donald Trump. Joe Biden is in the worst position of his presidential run right now. And he's been there before. Oh, people have counted Joe out countless times. And he comes back. And he comes back. And he'll be running against a convicted criminal. Hey, who do you want? You want me or a ham, literally a ham sandwich? Take your choice. How do you think that's really going to play out in the real world? No, we want Donald. We want to we wanna spring him from prison, and he's going to show up in his orange jumpsuit, and he's suddenly going he's gonna, he's gonna to pardon himself as he takes the oath of office, and suddenly the orange jumpsuit is going to, it'll be like you know, TV magic. It'll suddenly turn into a, into a Trump suit with a, with a bright red tie and everything, and, and, it'll, and, and wow, it'll be so much fun, and... No, no, no. Donald will be convicted and game over. Now, will there be repercussions in the country? Will a lot of people be really upset? Yeah, that's the part that I'm more concerned about than Donald simply coming off the stage. It's where do people go with all of this anger and guilt and all of the recrimination and all of the and and the disappointment of the base and whatever and, and how did we do it and how do we and who are they going to be pointing fingers at among you're the one who basically said to go ahead well the politicians will be flipping on a dime they'll be turning on a dime trying well i wasn't really i and go back a few years ago i knew and basically all we were doing was giving the people what that and you're going to hear all that crap but it's going to take a long time. 
It's going to take a long time for the Republican Party to become a fully functional, accepted component of the American politicals. And it may have, it may have some permanent structural change, not, not the type of structural change that Donald would have otherwise wanted so that he could be God and do whatever he wanted forever. No one can touch me and I'm gonna get even with everybody and I'm gonna arrest all the media people and I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna throw the newspaper people in jail and I'm gonna go after Bill Barr and I'm gonna take anyone who's ever dead into blah, blah, blah. No, not like that. But there are other changes. There are any number of changes that we will have in our laws and our constitution and to not have to go through this again, to run the risk of giving up our leadership position in the world, of giving up our nation's democracy, of giving up our constitution. No, there has to be ways of preventing this in the future. On the other hand, there will be efforts to forget this happened. Many people on the Republican side will want to just go on like, oh, well, it didn't happen. Hey, ServPro, we like it never happened. I don't know if you have that commercial wherever you are. Well, there is a commercial for an organization that if there's a disaster, a fire, a flood, these people come in and they redo your facility, your office, your house, whatever it might be, and it's as if, and they're, they're tagline, as if it never happened. Well, that's how the Republicans are going to want to play this one. As if it never happened. But it did. And it has. And things are going to have to change to make sure that it never does again. But then again, we, see, we, we, we still have to live out the next several months. We have to get to November of 2024. And we're going to hear all the crap. You're going to hear the bullshit. You're going to hear the lies. It's going to get bigger and worse and worse. And there's going to be all the time, the, the foot dragging and all the legal crap and everything and, and all of the slowdowns and everything. But eventually all of that will get swept away. And Donald will have a headline facing him. Trump guilty. Trump guilty. And then we deal with the aftermath. That's not the end of it. It may be the end of Donald, but it's going to be only be the beginning of a major series of changes in this country and how we deal with our own democracy going forward. If we don't deal with this, if we don't really, really take up the issues that this involves and try to make it so this never, ever can happen again. We are fools, and we are, we are probably in just as bad shape as we would be, almost, if a Donald actually got back into power. We can't, we must learn, and the learning must be put into practice. We have to not allow ourselves to go through this again. This fantasy, this, this love affair with a, 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 another Teflon Don. It's too dangerous. It's too time-consuming. It costs lives and fortunes. 
in so many ways. We're not going to get into that part now. We could. It'll change. Not soon enough for my taste. <laughs> and we're going to get some more insight into what's going on in the world. And, 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 the, and the, real, the real stuff, the, 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 uh, in the weeds, and watching the day-by-day, day, the reality, the, 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 my, my, my favorite reality check. David Bach is going to be with us in just a moment. So bear with me and, and stay with me. And uh, hopefully I can encourage you to do so with a little jazz. This is Richard Gazer. 
You know, it takes lots of time and effort and all kinds of resources to produce the kind of quality program we produce here at Center Left Radio. And it costs money to do it. Now, if we screamed a little louder or thought a little less about what we were saying, we could probably get a few advertisers to pay us to sell their products to a more tribally predictable audience. But that's not who we are or who you are. You come to Center Left Radio for non-commercial, thoughtful commentary. You're looking for an honest, progressive approach to solving America's problems, not exacerbating them. And we're committed to providing all of that. We're one of the few stations offering full-time, non-commercial, progressive programming. And we're the only station, the only one, doing it with a combination of hope, politics, and that most eloquent of all original American art forms, jazz. Center Left Radio has been here for more than seven consecutive years and more than 800 individual episodes. 800. Think of that. We support your needs. Now we're asking you to support ours. Take a moment and go to our website, www.centerlefttalkradio, one word, centerlefttalkradio.com, and go to the donate page. And when you get there, give whatever you can. On a one-time or maybe a recurring basis, $5, $10, $1,000, whatever you can contribute to make Center Left Radio's unique progressive voice stronger and even more significant as the full extent of the wrongdoing of Donald Trump and his associates becomes all the more evident. And as we enter this final consequences stage of the Trump saga. Yeah, you know what's at stake. And I know. We all know. We can count on you. On behalf of all of us at Center Left Radio, thank you. You're listening to Center Left Radio, the progressive voice of hope, politics, and jazz, and you're listening to us on the web at www.centerlefttalkradio. One word, centerlefttalkradio.com. That's it. David, what's on your mind? Uh, well, there's a good amount, and if you want to follow uh, more, you can follow me on Twitter at Faces Ideas. No. Um, uh, so there's a bunch of little stories and then a couple big ones. So one of the little ones that's worth pointing out is um, Lauren Boebert's moving districts. Yeah, yeah, I heard uh, about this. Yeah, yeah. What's going on there? So in 2020, 2022, she lost. She won her race by about 560 votes. Yeah, it was really smooth. Um, yeah, I remember that. Now keep in mind, Lauren Boebert's district is plus nine. Ha. <laughs> Plus nine from, re- from a Republican perspective, yeah. For a Republican standpoint. Yeah, yeah. And she won by less than 600 votes. Yeah. Um, so that's a pretty good indicator that she's not only a front line, she's probably going to lose. Yeah. Um, uh, so where did she go to? She went to the district next door, which is a plus 22. Um, it is. It should be a larger story that she had to run to a plus 13 uh, she needs to go somewhere plus 13 in order to potentially survive um Who, how did how did she manage to just go to another district i mean you know that that sounds almost glib yeah oh i'm, I'm not gonna do so well here mm, let me see where's uh where's my other di- oh i'll go over here how does well, that they, work they do that all the time yeah 
I mean, Sean Patrick Maloney did it last year. That's why uh, um, he, uh, Jamal Bowman, not Jamal Bowman, um, uh, what's his face? Um, Mondo Jones isn't in Congress anymore because he had to go to a different district because Sean Patrick Maloney ran from his district to a potentially safer district and then lost it. So, um, so, so in other, in other words, this, this would be a, a, a within, and I'm just trying to make the point basically on how this works mechanically. The Republican Party basically would make a decision that Lauren Boebert can go ahead and run in a different district. That's how that would work. Well, I mean, yeah, the, yeah, the, the, yeah, yeah. they can they can change districts as long as you you live in the district. Well, right, theory, right, right, right. That's the, the whole district. thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, you can run at it, um, but it's just an interesting point, especially since you know she's a little bit more vocally crazy. Um, she does try to do some policy, but it is worth mentioning. And this is this is another larger point. Um, there is no policy, uh, and this is not a. Um, oh, we actually don't have any plans to fix things, which is true. This is literally true on the fact that they have passed one-tenth the number of bills that a regular Congress has passed. I'm, I'm um, surprised they've passed that much. <laughs> well, yeah, it, is, it is stunning that they can barely keep the government up. So when you see them going, oh, you know, the, the border is being invaded or um, Jim Jordan and the, the GOP uh, Judiciary Committee's favorite thing is to tweet out, People who die in Chicago and go, oh, leave Democrat around cities. I, I need you need to be very clear about what this is. They want you to die. Like Jim Jordan wants you to die because <laughs> Jim Jordan has literally never passed a bill. There's never been a bill that Jim Jordan has passed. He has no he uh, he has no plan to deal with um, anything he claims that uh, the, the quote-unquote invasion at the border. He has no plan for anything to do with gun violence. He has no plan for anything to do with people having overdoses. He has no plan to deal with um, inflation. He has no plan to deal with home. There is nothing there. He plans to keep his job. And and this is a this is a party-wide issue. Yeah, now, yeah, on, yeah. on the border, there there is there is some interesting news. So there's a couple things. One, the the border policies, and this is worth mentioning over, are essentially the same as Trump's. There's really not a lot different from Biden's uh, border policies. Yeah. Um, yeah. So the surge isn't because of like a sudden change in progressive uh, issues. It's more pull factors than it is, or, or push factors than it is pull factors. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and it's probably going to get worse as Argentina um, collapses into an ANCAP hell. As Vene- um, you mean as Venezuela or, or wait, Argentina? Yeah, uh, Malay. He, the, uh, he's, he, he's the uh, Argentinian uh, president. He's, he's like a lunatic. Um, he's, uh, he's just doing anything that like a libertarian ANCAP believes is the correct thing. They... Um, you could you have to like landlords can charge you in the US dollar, but you may not have access to it. He like the pesos lost like half of its value. It's it is a uh, disaster down there. Um I haven't kept and, up with this. This is uh my goodness. Wow. Uh, then uh but there are, there is some interesting news. So uh, the U.S. diplomats are talking to Mexico in order for them to help. Now, Mexico wanted a couple of things. Um, they wanted us to help normalize uh, relations with Cuba, which 
let's be honest, we probably should do, because the argument, oh, Cuba's socialism or communist or whatever the current argument is, and it's going to collapse, um, maybe the 50-year blockade is a little bit uh, excessive. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. If it has to already. Uh, and also, just, just on a pure political note, Cuban Cuban migrants are like Republican by a massive margin. So they yeah. just and I just just having them in the country would help uh, the Republicans, which isn't even why we shouldn't do it. We should do it because it's the right thing to do. The other thing they want to do is to help us and have us invest in some of these countries um, where they're coming from, which we should because the uh, a lot of the turmoil in those countries is caused by u.s meddling yeah but but this Uh, but these are not new these are not new uh, initiatives that are being proposed here this stuff has been talked about forever right and it and it would be and but the way to help get us some funding for this is to argue that oh that'll we do this and mexico will help with the border that's how you would get the republicans on board don't do it which would be a better policy than just being stricter right okay right 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 yeah this is the thing like you can't the uh, locking it up is not going to be the answer you can't overrun the push factors or with like uh by shutting down all the poll factors yeah and the only and and like you're like oh the the um the board is being overrun yeah these I, i assume that whatever bill that the republicans are then pushing i assume that would have money in it for these uh these uh cities and states at the border to be able to process people faster because that's the issue the issue is not just oh there's a ton of people coming in and we're just full it's no there's a ton of people coming in and we have an antiquated system that isn't properly equipped or ready to be equipped in order to process them at a speed in which is required and and we both and you and i both know that the republicans do not have that included simply because they want the problem to persist because having the problem they feel works to their political advantage it's it's something to blame the democrats for that's all yeah and the the other thing to it is um it's like these are people. Like when you see things like, oh, you know, they're they, they're just handing them out phones at the the border. No, like they are getting phones, but they're not like like I'm talking to you on my phone right now. They're not getting this phone. The phones that they're getting have like uh, they're like specific phones that can't really make calls. Is my understanding, it's basically just for them to be keep uh, keep in track with like lawyers and uh, the government so that they can like show up for their hearings and stuff where they can check in where they are. I heard, I heard um, somebody refer to them as those buzzers that you get sometimes when you go to a large chain restaurant that buzz when your table is ready. Something yeah. It's, it's not, things. we're not talking about just like handing out iPhones yeah. or, or sheltered stuff. Um, it's, it's specific for, for that. But yeah, if you, if you speed up the processing and you, you, uh, um, you make the system easier to navigate, it would alleviate a lot of this. Because most of these people just want to work. Um, and if your argument is, oh, nobody wants to work anymore, well, here's people who want to work, um, which at the very least would make sense for corporations who want to undercut uh, American workers to say, hey, push through this stuff so we can, like, you know, increase the, the HB3 visas or whatever work visas and stuff yeah, like yeah, that. So yeah, that we can, yeah, yeah, yeah. It just, just on a purely <laughs> evil... Um, uh, thing and then one more thing to this is uh, the Texas bill. So Texas basically passed the um, the Joe Arpaio bill that says uh, we can 
just ask you for your papers and then deport you. We can um, basically say, happen. show me your papers and get rid of you. And we and 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 our and our and our and our cause and our reasoning and our rationale for for stopping you, our probable causes, uh, uh, we feel like it. You know, and 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 you know, you you oh, you look like somebody who might be an illegal. Uh, now that that's been challenged already, has it? Isn't there a court battle already about that, or not? Well, this yeah, it's going to be challenged because course, it's also yeah. unconstitutional. Because Arpaio tried this and it was deemed unconstitutional. So the argument that you see some right wingers go is, oh, this is on purpose. The Biden administration bring all these people in on purpose because they won't even let Texas do this. It's like no, because this is a racist ass bill, and it's also worth bringing up. Uh, the $10 billion that Texas has spent. Um, Texas has spent $10 billion on Operation Lone Star. Um, you would think for that money it would have been effective, right? Like there would be a, a, a number of uh, truly positive factors that would show that they are um, slowing down immigration or processing people or that, you know, this wasn't just $10 billion set on fire, right? Yeah, yeah. That's... That's not true. There is literally no evidence that this has been an effective, has changed anything at all, except for getting soldiers killed because they're committing suicide. Like, that's literally all that's happened. In Ten, this, $10 uh, billion dollars it costs them to do nothing, basically. Yes. Except make, poli- um, make political points that they were spending $10 billion, I'm sure. No, it's to, to you know, be uh, pretend that, you know, sending troops to the border would... Uh, do something, which is why that um, uh, Ohio, um, no, Iowans can't have uh, uh, health or can't have an expanded food program because they spent the two million dollars to send their troops to the border. Of course, um, of course, of course, and 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 so that someone could take pictures of the troops on the borders doing nothing on the borders. You know, okay, yeah, yeah, important. Uh, and then, speaking of which, because you know that was all racist, let's talk about Nikki Haley. Ah. Um, so Nikki Haley got asked uh, what the cause of the Civil War is. Now, if you're running for president, especially if you were the former governor of California, you would think that the obvious answer, which is the obvious answer, is slavery. Of course. Because that's what it was. Um, especially North Carolina, who, because, and this is a thing that happened, all of the states wrote basically uh, justifications for the left. And it was all slavery. They all said it was slavery. Um, you would think that that would be your answer. But no, she was like, it's about freedom. It's about government. You know, it's about, you know, capitalism, which, to be fair, she is correct. It was about all those yes, things. Yes, but, 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 but all of it triggered by slavery. By, yes, by being able to keep your, your freedom to keep slaves, which exactly. is, again, why when they exactly. say, oh, it's a state's rights issue, it's a state's rights issue to do what? To enslave so, people, yeah, of course, yeah. yeah. Right. So the, the, the fact that even when she had her clarification of, oh, yeah, you know, it was a, um, of course it was about slavery, but, you know, it was also about freedom. It's like, again, it's, it is telling that the moderate alternative to Donald Trump feels the need to, to, down, to do the lost cause myth. Yeah. And also... Yeah. It's just white supremacy. It, it that's just what it is. Um, it is it is worth in, uh, looking into their base. Now, the obvious argument that stupider um, senators like Tom Cotton argued was, um, 
oh yeah, you know, the the Democrats were the ones who ran away. They did the civil war because the Republicans were Lincoln, which is true. Those were what the parties were called back then. That's um, right. That's not what the parties are now. Like your their their understanding of history or the, the pretend history that they they have is so is so stupid that they're like, yeah, you know, the parties have always been named this, and they've never changed any policy, even though the South is like almost consistently red. And that we're the ones who cry and and shit ourselves every time you try to remove one of the monuments or change one of the names the, uh, from the generals of the Civil War or uh, try to teach anybody about the Civil War. They, but no, no, it's really the Democrats that are um, the, the that party. It's like, yeah, but like you you really should be thrown out of office if that is your understanding of history. Like you should have a higher level of understanding of history than Dinesh D'Souza. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I mean, the Democratic Party, as it stood back then, and that was, you know, the Whig. Well, the Whigs, then the Democrats, and of course, what was called the Solid South, until you got into the 1930s, 40s, and then all of a sudden that began to flip in the 50s and the 60s. And but but you have to, you know, to suggest that the Democratic Party of today is an identical composition, an identical orientation, and would do exactly what the Democratic Party of 1859 would have done, given the opportunity, is absolute insanity, but it might work for some people, like Tom Cotton. Well, of course it does, because you see the Democrats are trying to cause a civil war 2.0. That's ah, what you see ah, yeah, 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 yeah. And they're doing it by this weird constitutional theory called the 14th Amendment and Clause C, or it's uh, Section 3. And this comes up again for two reasons. One, Michigan said basically, yeah, we're not going to remove him from the ballot. But I think their argument was we're not sure which one to remove him from. Yeah, the the, the primary then, or the or the general, yeah, 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 yeah. Um, so it wasn't – and then the Secretary of State in Maine said, oh, yeah, Donald Trump can't be on the ballot. And their, their citation was the same thing that the Supreme Court in, Cal, in Colorado right. uh, did. Now, it's also worth mentioning because Republicans are dumb as fuck um, that the Colorado also said that Donald Trump is still going to be on the ballot um, until the Supreme Court takes up the issue, which is what they said originally. The, the That's why it was stayed. The – the second they didn't buckle because oh they realized they were doing something wrong. No, they, this they, is they, literally they, what they said they were doing. They said, "Listen, until the Supreme Court rules on it, he is technically still on the ballot." Right, and 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 there was also a statement though, but the t- I think there was a, there was a, there was an addendum to that statement. And correct me if I'm wrong. That and by the way, Supreme Court, we have to print our ballots by January fifth or sixth. So please let us know what's going on because one way or the other, if he's if he's not if he's going to be on the ballot, if you're going to say he's going to be on the ballot, we've got to know by then. Now, whether or not that still holds up, whether or not they would not have him on the ballot if the Supreme Court either says he's off the ballot or hasn't ruled, I don't know. I, I, I'm not sure where that was, but that point came up early on. Maybe they've changed their position on that by now. I don't know. I know they're supposed to rule by the 4th. Yeah. Um, I yeah. Don't, so, yeah. like, I don't know how that would work. And I'm sure there's now going to be, and this is a thing that we're going to see is in some of these States where he, if he is removed from the ballot and they, they, they printed, print up their ballots, they send them out. There's probably going to be uh, a couple ballots here or there 
that either do or don't have his name on it, regardless of whether he's on it. Like, if he's on it, and there's probably going to be some ballots without him. If he's not on it, there's going to be some ballots with him on it. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. you're going to see some of these uh, ballots used as like, oh, you see, they're cheating either way. Like, it's just going to happen. These people are so stupid um, that they're going to use this as a, a larger uh, argument, yeah. which is not going to... I mean, they're they're going to be wrong, but like, it is going to happen. Um, it's it's just worth mentioning. But the, like, the idea that they're like, oh yeah, we're going to take Joe Biden off the uh, the um, ballot because of uh, uh, the border is like to be clear. Like the Supreme, the California courts didn't say, oh yeah, we just don't like Donald Trump. All of them agreed that like, hey, yeah. He did an insurrection because he yeah. did an insurrection. And, and was it like, it was a California judge? And I, I believe was that the ninth or the eleventh? No, the, is it the ninth circuit out there who was one of the first judges who had to make a ruling that Trump was most probably guilty of insurrection in order to get, grant one of Jack Smith's earliest requests. It was a uh, as part of his uh, the lawsuit that is ultimately being brought in California. So they've actually ruled, <coughs> excuse me, on the question of his liability already. D- 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 right. Joe Biden is, well, you know, oh, yeah, you did it to Trump. Well, uh, 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 yeah, Biden, too. What? Come on. You yeah, know. because there's two things to this. One, the argument that Trump is, the, the only real legal argument is, whether or not he's an officer of the the United States, um, which within is, the is, meaning of the third section of Article fourteen, right, right, um, and he is, which, but that's another story. Okay, yes, because it, he's literally the it's called the office of the president. That's right. Um, which other than like other than that, which is like a semantic thing. The again, and I I hate people who make this argument of oh we should just beat him at the ballot box again. We beat him at the ballot box. Right. He tried to overturn the election. The idea, this needs to be repeated over and over again, that we should allow a person who has already shown that he is incapable of following the basic rules of, that we have set up for our elections because some of his followers – and to be clear, they're going to, to riot even if he loses. Um, oh, of course. That this And this is going to be a smaller number than January 6th. They're going to be less organized. Um they're going to be dumber about it just because these people might be violent. We should decide that our laws and the constitution do not matter anymore. That, that, that is an excellent point. Excellent. And it's worth repeating over and over again. These, this is not some like harebrained legal scheme. This is a direct response to his own actions. Cause there's, there's another recording now about how they were trying to get the fake electors into the, um, the, the capital for for January 6th. And like, I don't even, I haven't even heard it yet, but it just like, you know, it's just more proof that these people are, uh, they, that we cannot let them, you know, rule us over fear. Like it is an insane thing to do. And then the last thing is we're going into 2024. Um, it is now time for the Biden administration to put on their big boy pants and start telling people what they're going to do in twenty in twenty four to twenty eight. Like you need to lay out a plan. There was that word cloud that got released, and people were like, yeah, you know, nothing. They don't know anything about um, what Joe Biden is going to do as president again. Like it's one thing to point out that Donald Trump is bad, which he is, 
but it is also a positive thing to have a positive outturn instead of just driven by negative partisanship. You need to inspire people in attempt. And look, to be clear, whatever he lays out, um, it doesn't mean that he's going to be able to do all these things because, you know, he is Joe Biden and he is a moderate moderate Democrat. And also, there are other people who have says over this. So if you're like, oh, I want a $15 minimum wage, then you go to the polls and you vote for Joe Biden and you vote for whoever the most progressive or the most uh, uh, left-leaning person candidate is, and that's how you push things forward. And you know what? Sometimes we're going to get duped. Sometimes there's going to be people like Kristen Cinema or John Fetterman who ran on being progressive and ran on all these ideas and then decided, you know what? I actually don't believe in any of these things. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then, you know, that sucks. Yeah. Um, yep. But sometimes that's going to happen. And then the next time you vote for somebody who you think is better. Like this is not like the primaries are the fight. Um, not, not the general, the general is you, you buckle up and you vote for the party election. That's it. That's it. David, uh, you you you've, you've, you're, you nail it again and again. I, I made a point earlier in the first segment of the show today uh, that Donald Trump is in the best position he will ever be as of this moment and has no possible trajectory but downward from here. When you take all the factors that are involved, his legal factors, the facts and the reality and everything else. <coughs> Joe Biden on the other hand, is probably at the lowest point that he could be right now. But his trajectory is invariably upward, taking into account his history at, at, at this point in the game and the fact that they haven't done diddly squat, really, to present what he's doing. And then you add to that the, the Trump downward trajectory. But that's all... I don't want to say it's theoretical. It's yet to be proven. We've got to see it happen. And, and, and uh, again, this is, this is why they play the games, and that's why you and I are here. And, uh, <laughs> well, we're, 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 it's our last show of uh, 2023, and uh, here comes the, the year. But it's still ten and a half months out. And by any political calendar, that is a political infinity of time. And as I say, I think it works to Joe Biden's favor, but let's see where this all goes. Uh, where else can people hear you again, David? Uh, Twitter at Faces Ideas, too. Okay. And I hope they continue to. You have uh, all through 2023 and before, and you'll continue with us, please. I, I hope in 2024, I, I wish everybody the, 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 the peace of the new year. <laughs> Uh, as much as uh, there is some to be had for all of us, there always is, because there's always something far more important than just our politics, but they, they do pervade so much of our life here in America. Be, let, 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 let's start the celebration. I'm not sure if we can, but let's kind of think about the celebration with a little jazz.
You've been listening to Center Left Radio, the progressive voice of hope, politics, and jazz. My name is Richard Gazer, and thank you once again for being part of today's show. Political reality check, ten and a half months out from the election. Trump and his team are in the best position they will ever be, with nowhere to go but down, but they're playing the hell out of the worst hand in the world. But they will go downward. Biden, on the other hand, is in the worst position he could be, and nowhere to go but up. The difference is the Biden team must begin playing their hand better.